Welcome to episode 107. This episode features Jeremy Vanderpool and Alicia Jenkins. Jeremy and Alicia are running their own personal 100 miler at Lake Padden in Bellingham, Washington. From Friday, October 25th to Saturday, October 26th. They're starting at 10 p.m. on Friday. Running laps on a local mountain until the wee hours of the night. Bleary-eyed and probably with some of the biggest grins you'll ever see. They're going to switch over to Lake Padden around 6 a.m. and run loops around the lake until they reach 100 miles. Y'all should stop by and cheer them on. Send some jokes Alicia's way. Stoke Jeremy up. I'm sure they'd appreciate it. Alicia is using this event is part of her fundraising for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in honor of Alicia's buddy, Evelyn. Evelyn inspires Alicia's running adventures into wild spaces. Evelyn is an amazing and competitive young girl who encourages Alicia to be the best version of herself. You can check out more information about their event on Facebook under Alicia Jenkins, our website, www.becominghumanpodcast.com forward slash Evelyn, E-V-E-L-Y-N, uh, or Facebook. Um, you, you can, if you'd like to donate to the cause um, to help out Evelyn and those with cystic fibrosis, um, you can donate through uh, Facebook. You can go through the link in the show notes. You can head over to becominghumanpodcast.com forward slash Evelyn. Um, or go to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation stair climb page and search either Alicia Jenkins or Evelyn. That's E-V-E-L-Y-N. I think she's doing a really cool thing. I love how she's how Alicia's used um, her her running, right, and, and her desire to help other people and be supportive in a way that's, like, positive and constructive for people more than her, herself. Without any further ado, here's Jeremy and Alicia. To the wind, yeah, I like yeah, that. Go for it. Figure I'll work all day and go home, take a nap, try not 
try and take a nap <laughs> and then get up and start my 100 mile run. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you ran into the night before? Um, ran into the night. Yes, I did the Canadian Death Race. Ooh, wait, what? Five kilometers this year. Oh. It's up in Grand Cache, Alberta. Wait, isn't that... Isn't that like almost a hundred miles? It's like just uh, seventy-seven miles. Uh, ooh, I can't do math very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, seventy-seven wow. miles. So I know I can do seventy-seven. So I got to run into the night there, and I was actually a little worried about running into the night, but actually, it, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. The sunset was beautiful, and then once it turns dark, I don't know. Did you do a lot of like uh, evening running in your training runs? Mm-hmm. I mean, running in the winter time around oh, here, yeah. it's, it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you, I just, <laughs> I don't have a bright headlamp, so mm-hmm. that makes it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How and we, you have that Kogala too. That's not a headlamp. Oh yeah, I got Wait, the, the Kogala lights. Have you heard of those ones? No, what are those? They're like a, it's like a belt thing. It's got a magnet. You can attach it to like a waist belt. Ooh. You can attach it to your pack. And honestly, I used it when I was running. Um, the Canadian death race and I was mm-hmm. running on this like a uh, forest service road and I came up behind a person and he like got out of my way and then I, and then I, pa- and then I passed him and he goes oh I thought you were a car <laughs> I was like yeah because I was so fast right yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, no, yes. I thought you were a car like, okay. so, so it's like one of those like those light bars kind mm-hmm. of that you'd see yes. on a four wheeler yes oh, yeah, super bright <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing that's right and then I think I was running through the woods with it some girls like oh my gosh I feel like I'm like on a football field like got the football <laughs> lights so it's awesome I got headlamp and that and I can see everything and so I can still kind of run try and run fast in the dark not worry about tripping and that's yeah. rad how, how late did you run till gosh I think I got done with that race at 3 3 a.m. or Ooh. something but again I, I don't know I'm not there running I just don't mm-hmm. I don't know time like I said before time doesn't exist you know so I'm just like I don't know I'm just <laughs> running to the next spot and then what mm-hmm. I watched figured out was what, finished at 3 a.m. and then what I did I took a quick shower Got in the back of my boyfriend's truck and asked to make me some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, ate my, ate my macaroni and cheese, back of the truck. And then Gavin thought he was tired, too. He'd been my crew. He was my mm-hmm. only crew for that race. He thought he locked the key inside the truck. Oh, no. And so he's like, oh, no, Alicia. I'm like, well, it's like, I got a spare key somewhere, but it's, like, under the car. you got to reach your hand up and, like, you have to know how to find yeah, it. Yeah. So he went and he found the key. He got it. And he's trying to open a little box because it hadn't been opened in a long time. And it's, like, stuck. And you can't yeah. get it. So he goes oh. to grab something from the truck and he uses this thing to try and open it. And I look at him and I go... Are you trying to open the spare key with the truck key? <laughs> he had, so he, he hadn't locked the key in the cab. He just set wow. it down. So oh I don't know. Gosh. I think he was maybe a little bit more tired than I was yes. with our brand. But crewing is, the adrenaline crewing helps, it, yeah. crewing is tough. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. Sorry, Gavin. Now it's on the record. Yes. <laughs> now, now everybody knows. You're human. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, so that was funny. that was a good race. My first experience running into the night, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I loved it. And the aid stations, like you have more than an hour in between aid stations. So when you say time suck, you're like losing hours, right? Like losing track of hours. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean... Because, like, to because pe- even if you do, like, yoga, right, um, mm-hmm. uh, jiu-jitsu, there's uh, running, like, shorter distances only and never getting into, like, the longer distances. Mm-hmm. It's really surprising, like, how you literally can shed away hours without realizing it. Because I've gone, like, done um, unsupported stuff, you know, in the Cascades, and I'll be out there for five hours on silent and, like, not listening to anything and not talking to anyone. I never used to be like that, but it was just, like, so much noise at some yeah. Point, you know, and I'm just like, you know what, I'll just turn it off. And then I would, you know, go somewhere else, figuratively speaking. And those five hours, six hours, it would feel like maybe an hour, mm-hmm. especially downhill, too, because you just mm-hmm. get into that flow state downhill or when it gets dark and your mind kind of eases a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're talking to two downhill lovers right yeah. here. So <laughs> you know exactly My what you're people. talking about. Yes. <laughs> downhill. Uphill yes, pays the bills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in order to go down, you have to go up. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think about the faster I go up. I'm like, okay, then I get to go back down quicker. So just <laughs> keep going. Yeah. <laughs> How is it when you guys encounter technical sections of trail? Do you get excited um, or more worried? I, I really like technical trail. It's kind of, it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I sprained my ankle last year. That was the first time I've ever had like oh. a running injury and ever sprained my ankle. So I rehabbed it pretty good and just wanted to make sure I could get back to that point where I love those technical trails. So I still mm-hmm. try and go fast on them and just, I don't know. I love it. I think it's fun trying to bounce and balance on things yeah. and then not fall over. And every time, like I almost fall over and fall almost fall on my face. I like I get up. I'm like, oh, good job, legs. Good job. Way to go, ankle. Way to keep it up. Keep going. Keep going. The gratitude comes. And, and then of course there are the times when I still fall on my face. And but I've learned how to fall a little better. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> trail running and the art of falling. Yes. Yeah. It's gonna happen if you're going hard. Yeah, yeah it really is. Yeah. Do you like the? Uh, technical stuff, Jeremy? It depends. Time of day, time of race, yeah. where I'm at in the race, how far along it is. Like, it, it's all good. It's all gravy for me. I, I, if I'm out and running and having fun, I, I like anything. Mm. If I'm suffering, I prefer not to have the technical. <laughs> <laughs> but as with anything that, that we do competitively, mm-hmm. it's just it's just part of the stage. Yeah. We just got to beat sense. the stage. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So I found through doing the Bigfoot that the technical parts are the things that pull me through. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I get excited for it. Like if mm-hmm. you if you have like a creek to cross, like a really like a, they didn't have one there, but like a big like hip high or knee high creek. There wasn't I'm one. Sto- in the no, there wasn't one. Not okay. not any big ones. But like um, they had a hand line, you know, that you yeah. have to get up, um, and that that one was really fun, you know. And something even the boulder fields, and it was weird because like some people I noticed there was a mixed bag. Some people were like dreading it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then other people were really stoked about it. Yeah. And and then you see the same thing when it gets to like the blow, the, the blast zone where it's like flat. Yeah. And some people stoked, like there's one guy just like, well, other people who aren't so stoked. And there was one guy who's like, this is a great day to die. And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, and he was mad. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I agree. Was, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that was yeah, wild. Up yeah, for exactly. Right? But, but that's like the cool experience out there because mm-hmm. beyond, you know, um, it is competitive and I even argue in that sense within your own self it's competitive mm-hmm. but like just making it in some of these races is a feat in and of itself and that kind of adventure is mm-hmm. yeah it's, oh, it's visceral oh, yeah oh yeah that's, I signed 
up for Bigfoot 200 next year. I'm excited to do it. What? I got a crew from a friend, Cammy. I think she was on your podcast mm-hmm. like yeah. last year. I crewed for her at Bigfoot this year, and I just got so excited about that <laughs> race. And this year they had some epic, like, thunder, lightning. It was beautiful. Some girls got <laughs> hit by lightning. She told me, she came into the aid station and was like, <sighs> yeah, a lightning hit, like, uh, six feet from me, and my pigtails flew in the air, Ooh. and Whoa. her ears Ooh. were ringing for the last, next four hours. Yeah. She dropped. She was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> wow. People were just like, oh, my God, I love it. And people were, like, wearing bags and their emergency blankets, and it was just, <laughs> it was crazy. And I was like... Yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to run through a lightning storm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what about what about that do you enjoy? Uh, the challenge and just kind of, I don't know, the suffering, the people telling me I can't do something. Anytime mm-hmm. everyone's told me I can't do something, it just makes me want to do it more. Yes. I think that my parents probably learned that on early. Like, <laughs> that you can't clean your room this fast. Like, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, I so, they're just being son. smart parents. I've just, yes. I've just yes. been, yeah, I've been that way yeah, my whole whole life, and just yeah, looking for the next challenge, adventure. Mm-hmm. I don't know, harder's better. That's yeah, that's why I picked um, a really hard hundred mile for my first hundred mile mm-hmm. last or just a couple a month ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I picked a Tianaway 100 mile, and it was the second year they did it, and it had, I picked it for the reason that it was like 30,000 feet gain, and um, very, pretty technical terrain, and some, when I told people I picked it, they're like, oh, are you sure you want to do that for your first one? It's kind of hard, and I'm like... Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why I picked it. Yeah. I heard it was really, really hard and really yeah. tough, and that's exactly why I want to do that one. Wow. Yeah. Did you always have this mindset when you were approaching running, or has it developed over time? Um, I'd say it's just developed. I mean, just in the last three and a half years, I got sober uh, December twenty seventh, twenty fifteen. Oh wow! Congrats. So, um, I've been running kind of before that, but never very seriously. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, drinking took over, and I uh, didn't really train, and I just run races and just kind of get through them. I guess mm. I was still suffering then, too, because I was running hungover mm. and, like, yeah. taking shots before I'm just running, mis- like, feeling miserable. So I guess that was really good training for ultra-marathoning. Like, Not recommended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember complaining in those situations, or do you think mm. sometimes that you, like, kind of put yourself there because yeah, you're I don't comfortable know. Like, with that experience? I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember... I don't know. I think I'm not sure, really. Like, you know, there's with children, you know, you're trying to offer replacement behavior Mm -hmm. for for certain adverse behavior. And even as adults, sometimes I would argue, Mm -hmm. like, it's very similar. You could even think simple as, like, someone who's speeding aggressively on the highway, right? Perhaps maybe if they were to take some sort of class or, or, you know, go do downhill mountain biking. Mm -hmm. Or learn how to go do rally races mm-hmm. and like redirect that kind of like energy yeah. into something else. And I always wonder that about adults, you know, who 
whether it's in like um, rock climbing or martial arts mm-hmm. or running, you know, if there was some like redirection of that, um, mm-hmm. of those impulses. Cause like, you, you know, you can't just much like a river, right? If you try to dam it, it floods. Mm-hmm. And if you just let it rage, then, you know, it's going to just take control of the whole valley, but you can redirect it in ways that, that work appropriately. Yeah. You yeah, know? That, yeah. That makes sense. I say, I like that. How you say like redirect it. Cause some people will be like, Oh, you turned one addiction into another addiction. Mm-hmm. But I like that kind of redirecting of that energy or whatever it was into something that is more healthy for you mm-hmm. and um, I think it's good for you and also it's yeah it gives me that like moving meditation when I'm out there too that I need just to reflect and just feel better overall as opposed to when I was drinking I guess it was I didn't feel good and I didn't get that meditation so yeah kind of redirecting that want for I guess suffering mm-hmm. yeah. to a different kind of suffering but where I get something positive mm-hmm. from the suffering as yeah. opposed to something negative from the suffering well it's interesting too because it's you know it's the difference between instant gratification and delayed gratification mm-hmm. because one you get the pleasure initially and yeah. then the suffering is onset yeah. and then the other one the suffering kind of comes up front mm-hmm. not all the time but it comes up front for the most part or at least yeah. in the middle and then there's that just big payoff right at the end mm-hmm. I only hit that finish line at least for me and I sit down oh, and I yeah. get a nice warm blanket yes. wrapped around me like and I see my son he's like let's read books and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I'm happy I'm so happy I'm so grateful yes. for all these things I forgot about yeah yeah like, make that blanket so much better my favorite thing is like just a shower after yeah. the long run and like laying just going to laying in my bed like oh yes it just feels so much better that mm-hmm. much better like you I don't know I don't say that you deserve it but just yeah good e- e- exactly Different. Yeah, it, it does. And it's almost like, love you too. <laughs> I keep it in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's not, yeah, not even necessarily the, the deserving aspect. And it's not even yeah. you earn it because that yeah. becomes weird I, and I corporal and like not fun. It's just, this is rest, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, because there's weird moments in yoga and running, I've gotten it to where like you suffer and you smile. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like you can you think about all these sensations that you have, even like the feeling of like anxiety. Right. It was just a really hard one for a lot of people, um, especially easy for me to say it'll calm right here. But, you know, in the face of it all, you're just like, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just learn to like just love it and just suck it all up. Right. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy it for what it is and just, just go. Just feel it all. Yeah. You know? Just accept that feeling and don't try and change it or stifle it just yeah accept mm-hmm. what it is and live in that moment and then yeah you get you get through that moment too when you have those super low lows or you're not feeling great and it's like you just keep pushing forward and like, oh okay yeah mm-hmm. i can get through that and then i can get to this like better moment too you know just mm-hmm. yeah feeling it all yeah, that's awesome. But I would dare to say that it's taken at least the three of us some time to learn to accept that and mm-hmm. push through it. Because it definitely wasn't innate for me. No. And then through the years, it's like I've come to embrace it. I've mm-hmm. come to love it, come to seek it. Mm-hmm. Is there pivotal moments in your life where you find that 
that you've adjusted your your perspective, I suppose, and your ways of fulfilling that? Oh, myself? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, becoming a father for the first, second, and third time. There are three different periods of my life, three different stages, three different growth spurts, and, and just basically where I was at in life is different each time. Mm-hmm. So the way my attitude that I face every day of life or just my attitude or how I'm going to set a goal and achieve that goal, everything's different. Mm-hmm. It's all moving forward too. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful too because it's at some point unpredictable, other times a little predictable, but it's yeah. it's awesome because it's like the fun of life, right? That's where it erases that monotony, you know? And that's where what I see when people are in like a rut or monotony, you know? At least in my personal experience and people around me, it's like, well, what are you aspiring towards, you know? What mm-hmm. do you like, even if it's just it's being able to sit with my son without, be, without being distracted, right? For just a little longer, being more excited and enthusiastic when I'm at play, you know? Yeah. Like, and those are the moments that, that are awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a really good book. Have you guys ever read the book uh, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning? No. Yes, sir. It's awesome. He's a psychologist, and he was um, he was a Jew. He was put in Auschwitz mm-hmm. internment camp, and he was able to watch all the other um, people in the internment camp go through their experiences, and he noticed that there was a, a, a pretty standard or... He saw a pattern that he would see just within average like society, I suppose, mm-hmm. and with his, within his own culture is that some people were happy and some people were suffering. And then there were people at some point, those these array of people would tip and want to kill themselves, right, or persist. And he was able to watch what kind of um, situations or environmental factors would play a role in that individual wanting to either kill themselves or give up. Um, um, and there are these people there that were that were really like they were happy. They were in a good mood. They had this resilience despite their situation. Um, and and he was really interested in that. And it seemed like the, like the common thread of the people, just to make it like a long you know book short, I suppose, is that they had some sense of purpose or meaning. That when when people would would have would think of their like wives that they had to return home to, or their children, um, you know, their husbands, that they were able to endure so much more. Um, and then additionally, people would create personal narratives and groups and stuff, and that would contribute to their ability to find fulfillment despite their situation. And he noticed that just within people in general and in his own practice. And he developed something called logotherapy, which is like if if you have like, you know, problems, like I would like excessively smoke weed. Right. Um, and it would get in the way. It wouldn't debilitate my life. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'd go do that instead of going outside when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And so it kind of got in the way. Right. Yeah. But and then I smoked like a pack a day from when I was 11 to um like 19 mm-hmm. and I quit doing all that stuff and then um, when, when my son was born but I still smoked cigarettes and I had a hard time quitting smoking cigarettes I do martial arts and something that's fun like I, I really enjoy uh, kickboxing mm-hmm. um, and getting the cardio out of that and it's the first time I really love cardio um, but I noticed that if I or I thought if I quit smoking then I would actually be able to push myself farther because this thing is limiting me and it was at that moment where like or at least those couple of months where doing well at this thing was more meaningful and more pleasurable than continuing to, this habit and so for the first time in my life I tried like five or six times to quit um, 
I was able to, to quit smoking cigarettes and without looking back really like I've tried e-cigarettes and like mm-hmm. because I've worked for a company like oh what's that flavor no interest in nicotine no nicotine withdrawals no nicotine fantasies awesome. and it's that's where it's interesting mm-hmm. when you like impose something that you like like you talked about exchanging one addiction for the, for another how some people would say that but it's like meaning has to be inherent in one's life in whatever way you find it it could be like in some mm-hmm. a religious sense it could be in a sports sense right in an mm-hmm. artist sense or a combination of all that are parent. And if you find meaning in that, then it, I think it makes everything a little more manageable. You know, like Nietzsche said, like he, he who has a why can bear any how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say is that it reminds me of that people always tell you to find your why. If mm-hmm. you're going to be running a long, long distance, probably the longer you got to have a really solid reason of why because it's, it's a really long ways to go and you'll be out there for a long time. But yeah, find your why. Same, yeah, find your purpose in life or what brings you joy. Um, yeah, why are you out there doing it? Because you're going to be out there for, I don't, depending on how long it takes you out your course, I mean, 24 hours, mm-hmm. probably more. And if it's going to be hard and you're going to get a point where you're like, don't want to go anymore. But if you have a solid reason, like why or reason to do it or sense of purpose, mm-hmm. then yeah, you'll be able to just focus on that and just kind of keep keep going um and that like my why that i found recently was so again when i got sober i joined this facebook group um i don't remember how i found it i was just scrolling on facebook one day or something and it came up and it was this organization called i run for michael and so i looked it up and they pair um runners or not just runners actually just athletes and i mean you can be someone who's just walks whatever you go to the gym workout but they pair athletes with children or adults with either uh physical disabilities mental disabilities um so they pair this runner athlete with a child or adult with this and it's this facebook group that connects them and so I got paired with a little girl named Evelyn. Um, she goes by Evie for short. She's nine years old now. She was mm. six when I first was paired with her. Wow. Um, so I can't believe it's already been like three years since I've been paired with her. Um, and I found out she lives with cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know much about that disease when I first was paired with her. I kind of, I knew I had to do with the lungs and um, breathing, but I wasn't sure. I didn't know what it all entailed. So I've learned more about that, but she's become like my biggest why, um, why I'm running, just running for her. And um, we communicate like, I don't know, weekly through the Facebook group. Her mom will post pictures of what she's doing. Uh-huh. And like during my train runs, I'll take a picture mm-hmm. or a video and send it to her. If I don't run, I'll send her pictures of my dog or whatever I'm doing oh, that day. Yeah. So just communicate that way. Um, occasionally we talk on the phone. We just talked, we just talked the other day. Okay. Um, oh. She's playing softball. She's talking about her softball. She's talking about her gerbil or no, her hamster named Shy Guy. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to play hide and seek with Shy Guy the other oh. night. And oh, she's wow. like, that wasn't a very good idea because 
He's good. He ran away. <laughs> but they, they found it. So, so she's definitely like, she is my why. When I am out there running a race, I write like on my thigh. I run for Evelyn. And so like, uh, I, as I'm climbing up the mountain, I look down at my hands and it says like, I run for Evelyn. Like wow. on, on my legs. I'm like, okay, that's why I'm doing it. That's and cool. Every race, when I finish, she tells me I'm the best winner. Even when I don't win, she's like, like you're still the best winner. So yes. I, send, I send her my medals and t-shirts and she sends me little gifts and um, so yeah okay she's, she's definitely like that's that's my why so I've kind of found my big purpose in running wow. that keeps me going that's so cool such an awesome awesome little girl have you I would assume that that you're very that you're you're compassionate and empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. And has that been something that's that's been very like a strong trait of yours, or has that mm-hmm. developed since you've you know developed this relationship with? Um, I say I've had that kind of my whole life ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. Like when I was little, my favorite show was Rescue Nine One One, which they would do like reenactment of Nine One One calls, and uh-huh. I wanted to be a paramedic from. I don't know, the time I was like four years old. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to help people. And then in grade school, me and my friends um, made up this club at recess called the Helpers Club. <laughs> and we would we would stand on top of this thing on the playground and just watch. And like, if any kid got hurt or was in trouble, we would go help them. <laughs> and so, you know, I think back on these things, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, this has kind of been in me my whole life you know, wanting to help people. And I work in physical therapy right now. So I'm a physical therapist assistant. So helping people that way. So I've kind of always, always had that in me. Um, but I'd say, I mean, Evelyn brings it out more mm-hmm. in me too. And I think, um, yeah, it just brings it out that much more, just being more empathetic. And um, yeah, she's, She's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's cool because when you have a relationship with someone like that and it's based on this like level of compassion and then you have this activity where mm-hmm. you think about this compassion, like it, um, that's awesome because what I've seen within like compassion meditation, right, um, where you're usually what it's like, they call it like meta meditation, but you focus on um, the people that you love mm-hmm. and then you start with the p- person that you love the most. Um, and then you end with the person that you love the least, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps even like hate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you end with the, and then after that, it's like the world. And then you go all the way back to the chain, back to the thing that you love the most. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, wishing them that they, you know, that that they're safe, secure, um, and feel compassion in that, um, that they're to be free of mental and physical mm-hmm. suffering, mental and physical pain. And they were able to show that on, I think it's CAT scan where they're able to monitor the brain activities mm-hmm. and the, it reflected that they were able to grow their ability for compassion and empathy oh, wow. by, by doing this as a regular practice. And they were, did it with people who have been practicing it, I guess, um, it, who had a regular practice. I don't know if it was like Tibetan culture, if it was just Buddhism mm-hmm. um, or, or what. There's a big research paper on it that people can look online and it's just how meditation um, can grow compassion. Um, and it reflected that it yeah. made like a huge wow. difference in the brain activity. And that that's just what I wonder is it seems like yeah. it's such a, fo- you run a lot yeah. and it's such a focus of yours that I couldn't mm-hmm. see how it could grow. And, and yeah, y'all are just right. so nice. So it's like, <laughs> I, I don't need to keep saying that, but like I literally, I know 
know people from a wide array of yeah. backgrounds <laughs> and it goes from like just some like really like frustrated angry people to like really really kind if they were offended perhaps they might downplay it and like just to keep the situation you know um, positive right mm-hmm. and people fall in between there and I don't think it's fixed right mm-hmm. I think some people could be buried one way or the other so deep it'd be hard to pull them out but mm-hmm. there's things that you can do and I've even tried to incorporate it within myself so if I feel like agitated I, I use that kind of meditation during my long mm-hmm. runs and I, I like to think even though I don't know really how far that goes right um, that, that it helps me just be more calm and just a loving person mm-hmm. you know in my day to day life I, I like that that's like a good thing that I can practice when I'm running you know to mm-hmm. Build my more compassion and just go through that list of people on the list to the least people I maybe don't like and just go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the more you say, I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, just running and um, yeah, become more compassionate and just, I mean, just growing mm-hmm. in life to, you know, just learning that people come from all different backgrounds, ex- trying to be more accepting, understanding of where people come from. Mm-hmm. And I think that has definitely changed in my life in the last three, four years, mm-hmm. um, that I've been sober too, just mm-hmm. cause I've had to learn how to love myself first. That was the biggest thing. I, and now that I finally have reached that point where I like, Oh, I get, I get what that is when I, people say they love themselves. Mm-hmm. I thought I did before, but I realized, mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. Now, now I, now I do, I get it. And it's something that you constantly have to work on mm-hmm. too. You can't just like say, okay, yeah, I love myself. I'm confident. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work on that anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's a, it's a constant thing that you always have to be working on and just being aware of. And I'm still like just working on myself too, because I think we just all have that. Um, I don't know. It's like our mind wants to be negative. I don't mm-hmm. remember why, but our body focuses on the negative. I think it's cause we have to like, uh, what is it? And something negative happens and we respond to it mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. So that's just kind of to keep ourselves in. safe. Basically. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so I think that, um, we all have that. And so I've just tried to be, learn to turn things into positives, which mm-hmm. ultra running, you do it all the time. You're, you're, out, yeah. you're out there running and I'm like, well, it's really cold, but well, at least it's not raining, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or it's really cold. It and it's raining. raining. You're yeah. like, well, okay, at least it's not windy yeah. or, you know, if, if it's wind, wind blowing, blowing, it's raining. You're like, well, it's not lightning and thundering. <laughs> You know, so you just <laughs> constantly keep going, oh, okay, well, at least I'm not going uphill, or, you know? Yeah, so just yeah. keep going on on that. And just, I think, learning to turn things into positives, too, is just, I mean, it helps also your compassion grow when you can mm-hmm. learn to turn things into positive situations, even, yeah, the most negative situation. You can always, you can always find something positive mm-hmm. I yeah. think if you can start doing that in life. I mean, yeah. Especially if you can learn to 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 distance yourself a little bit from your emotions, not detach yeah. entirely. Yeah. To feel your emotions, mm-hmm. but to be able to look at them without without impulsively, you know, making the decision that you want to do initially, right? Like someone swerves you and you want to yell at them, and someone swerves you and you're like, I'd like to yell at them, but maybe they're just having a really bad day. Wait, am I safe? Let me check both my near mirrors, kind of deal. And, oh yeah. yeah. And ultra running gives you a lot of time to think about that. Too much time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I've I've even come to the point where like. 
like, I, I completely agree. It's this ongoing relationship that you have with your own self as if, as if it's a good friend and mm-hmm. just like a good friend, you can't just abandon them and think they're just going to, you know, um, you can develop your relationship without giving it attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that because at once I would tell myself, like I have, you know, dishes that are piling up in the sink and it's like, I need to go wash those. And then there's the other part of me like, no, just finish this next episode of stranger things. <laughs> <laughs> and like once again through meaning through something that I genuinely I, I, the dishes I have to do mm-hmm. the dishes I don't want to do mm-hmm. um, but doing something that I want to do for the most part when I'm in the moment where I don't want to do it mm-hmm. but I I realize that I chose to do this and the only way to keep doing this is to go through right not around but through what I'm mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. it makes it worthwhile to, to create that relationship and you know I always like have this this will or this part of me where it's like this hill's too steep. <laughs> <laughs> Every hill's too steep. Yes. Like, oh, darn it, another hill. <laughs> You've been awake too long. Yeah. You need to go to sleep. You need to slow down. <laughs> it's like you stop needing, stop shooting on me. Let's just like hold on. Like, well, my body does this. It's my body warming up. It's my yeah. muscles moving. It's my heart beating. And this is nature. And I'm alive. And like, yeah. just calming that part of you know yourself yeah. and developing a positive relationship, a constructive relationship. Right. Yeah, and I think it's so good to, like, not uh, say that stuff's a negative thing. Like, just mm-hmm. because you think this thing that is negative, don't be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Just, ex- you know, like you said, stop and think about it. Think, why am I thinking about it? And just kind of accept it and then try and change. So don't, I think a lot of times we're too hard on ourselves. Like, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't be thinking that or I shouldn't be doing this. It's, you should just... Be, I don't know, be easy on, your, mm-hmm. on yourselves, too. I think that's a big, mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah, and have fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, fun. That's the most important. <laughs> During your runs, um, what kind of hard moments have you had that have led you to consider your why and what's come out on the other side? For me specifically, yeah, yeah. Um, or is it all dandelions and daffodils? No, there's definitely pain, but Mm -hmm. there's there's never been a time where I've contemplated that I I I, where I'm debilitated to the point that I can't run, Mm -hmm. other than injury. Mm -hmm. And then when you get suffer an injury, there's nothing you should really do about it, other than to accept the fact that you could either push forward and persevere and just get to the finish line and be done. Mm-hmm. Or if you're too far away from that finish line, you're going to injure yourself further and defeats the purpose of mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm. So when I become cognizant of like where my pain is and if I'm at the point where I can't finish, I pulled the plug earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my greatest example was, uh, the second year of the Bigfoot 120. Mm-hmm. It's just a race on Mount St. Helens. It's October. Wind's blowing sideways. It's rainy. It's wet. Trails are totally shitty in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I tweak a knee, and the next thing I know, I've sliced my Achilles. Oh. I'm bone soaked through the bone, and my drop bag's at the next aid station, not the one I'm coming up to. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I, there's no point for me going another 10 to 12 miles mm-hmm. if I'm not able to go the next 60 Mm. so just stop now it's okay I've already Mm. come out and proved what I needed to prove Mm -hmm. for myself to be in that position in the first place it's all good Mm. I had a good time I learned from it and then if I want I'll persevere on the next one Mm. 
do you have when it comes to those moments how, how are your emotions are you able to cope with your emotions pretty well or does it overflow sometimes and, and prove challenging at, at the advanced age that I am mm-hmm. I've, I've come to know myself pretty well and I've when I'm facing adversity I do a lot of self-check-in I'm mm-hmm. like where am I at what am I going through where do I want to be mm-hmm. and keep checking in until I'm at the point where I have to make a decision that's, do I further or do I stop so that's a relief and not even a relief no I shouldn't say that it's it's exciting because I've learned just in flubbing on my on the Orcas 50 and stopping at like the 25 and a half miles yeah. and then um, in what led up to that how I was feeling literally just stopping for an hour after that and I'm looking at the times wait a minute if I go right now can I still make the whole course yeah and and then I had like all of these feelings and it was challenging at first I guess I didn't have my process dialed in in that in that aspect because I did a lot of just you know running on my own before getting into more supported races right right and then I go and do the Bigfoot um, 100k and I'm running and I'm having like a blast I'm having this was way better than the Orcas 50 and no headache definitely just but beyond that it was like I wasn't grinding miles. I was like, I was being out in the wild. Orcas is a grind. Yeah, 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 it is. I didn't know that. I'm not good with grinds. I'm really bad. I got to learn. That's why I got to come, come run with you guys next yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I get to that, the, the intersection where it's like 100K um, and then the 200 and then the 40, um, lightning, lightning rolled in and I was just, mm, I don't know how I'm feeling right now. I was... I was pretty spent. I was looking at like how much that I suffered. And right then I made the determination that if I were to do the hundred, the amount of suffering that I would have to do, um, isn't the, the kind that I want. And yeah. even if I signed up for this and even if I had these expectations packed into it, I'm not out there to like achieve this check mark. I'm out here to have this experience regardless of what like the outcome is. I'm here to work on my process. Of course. And like I went off on the 40 and my, my ego was like, was I didn't have much ego going into it. Like in the sense of I wasn't, you know, worried about um, looking terrible and I wasn't being hard on myself for my choices I was like no this is great I'm out here to run my race and I remember running with you guys and talking with you guys on the um the run oh run yeah. paddle run, run. Run. I'm still working on the name for that the first name was it run paddle run paddle barbecue this year we need the run and row run it's and still row. working it's, it's still a working row. name uh, but you guys really helped me work on my process there good and it was a great experience and it was perhaps like not even one of the best like runs of my life it was just one of my best experiences in the wilderness of my life mm-hmm. and and yeah and I felt like I made a great decision coming into the end whereas like Orcus I'm like ah you didn't do your planning and then I missed the whole thing which is like I came out to an island and I bumped with other people I yep. made new friends yeah and I had this like cool adventurous experience I got to see the whole island still like yeah yeah, yeah. do it again you, next year 25 miles you did the Whole, you did the whole loop. Yeah, so you saw everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, in those moments, though, I learned to I'm learn. I'm learning to develop that process. Um, that in those check-ins, that system that I can return to and refine as I go along and add some more tools to my toolkit. Mm-hmm. But when you've used those in your experience, right? When you've used your check-in process. Um, 
does that apply to your like daily life and you know things outside of running like not the process itself but your ability to manage and cope with those kinds of situations of course mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's always check-in uh my my neighbor when i lived with my grandparents i consider uh mike a father figure to me he's like there are times in life all the time where you don't want to do it and especially being a, a partner or a spouse but you know what those are the times you gotta pay the rent yeah you know you don't want to go to work every day and you don't want to do chores every day but sometimes you just got to do it because it needs to get done like you were saying with the dishes mm-hmm. it's going to get done it's not going to get done by itself you have to do it so sometimes sometimes you just have to put that fulfillment of uh watching netflix to mm-hmm. the side or uh look at the bigger picture and say i'm going to take care of my partner and show her love by making dinner or mm-hmm. doing the dishes or cleaning the house because she does that for me mm-hmm. and and it, it doesn't cost me anything other than my time mm-hmm. and and that's something that's a currency you could always pay in mm-hmm. just time and love mm-hmm. so daily check-in yeah there's some times where i don't want to do specific tasks or work or when i get home from work but you know what it's expected of me mm-hmm. and even if others don't expect it of me i expect it of me because mm-hmm. i can do better <laughs> i like that I'm my own worst critic and I'm hardest on myself. And when I get on the trail to run, it's like my church. Mm -hmm. I'm here amongst the trees with my people who want to be here. Mm -hmm. And then that's all I'm there for. So I can not escape, but... But just, uh, what was I trying to say before? Not escape, just but be. accept. Mm-hmm. Just be. Yeah. Accept. Just be yeah. a part. And move through it, yeah. Yeah. That's right, because when you're out there and you're on a trail, you're, you're almost, like, confined to whatever is going on inside of your head. Because there isn't, like, you can't turn on Netflix. Well, you can listen to things, but, like, yeah. I still have a hard time with that. Because if I'm bothered, like, that's one of the times where it's hard for me to, like, forget what bothers me. And I get that thing where it's like, oh, it's just too much noise and I'll take yeah. it off and it's like okay fine I'll just I'll I'll wrangle with the thing that I'm thinking about now like that's fair but like I can in this like experience right in my my house I can go look for something that's really exciting and really attractive and just takes the edge off mm-hmm. whether it's like a movie or something like that but yeah Al- alpine rock climbing is very similar in that respect because mm-hmm. like being afraid of heights <laughs> rock climbing yeah, yeah. Heights and rock climbing. okay yes is still having fear but doing it anyway yeah, yeah <laughs> I like that and whenever whatever like I'm tired or I'm um, even like downplaying my willingness to go forward right um, to in fear of disappointing like someone right that's like my own personal issue my issues get like trapped right or even um, my strengths as well and I'm forced to let them play out and manage them there and there isn't much of an escape and I don't want there to be because I want to be climbing I want to be running right I don't want to escape from that race like you know especially when I get to the boulder fields I'm like oh yeah that's why I'm here this is awesome but, Boulder feels the best yeah. part of that race. Yeah. Yeah. No, you get to jump across things. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that. Now. Have you not? Yeah. Have you not done any of the big foot uh, distances? Oh, well, I guess no. I haven't done the race. I paced. Oh, awesome. I paced Cami for 18 an 18 mile section okay. of it, mm-hmm. uh, but not the Boulder Fields. Uh, I don't remember what mile we're at. 100 and oh, 113 to 131 is where I paced. Mm-hmm. So that crossed a couple Ooh. rivers or yeah, across a river. Yeah. I want to go in that backcountry zone so bad. So fun. Oh. Uh, I've uh, DNS the Bigfoot 120, DNS the 120, and then I completed the 100K. Wow. Dang. Yeah, it's 
beautiful. It was beautiful. I kind of am sad on the one, like not sad, but I want to do the hundred K. I know she added, she changed the course, but like that loop back there looked fun for the hundred K. Not immediately. Cause I'm looking down at this lake with no trees. I'm like, oh, I don't want to run around the lake. I want to go run around the mountain. <laughs> yeah. But then I was looking at photos and it did look like some really fun terrain back there. It but is. I feel like with the 200, you get in like the meat and potatoes of like really out there. Yeah. yeah. And it's him. point to point. So that's no joke either. Yeah. Be fun. I want to volunteer next year. Do it. Yeah, volunteer. We'll see you yeah. there. Yeah, because I'll be running. So I'll probably be crewing. Yeah, you'll, you'll be there crewing, hanging out, pacing. In the so for you guys who are doing these ultras, like how often do you crew in relation to how often do you run? Just uh, personally. But it just kind of depends. You know, I I really like to give back to races when I can. So I volunteer for a lot of the races that are in Bellingham, like a lot of the destination trail ones that are in Bellingham. I'll volunteer for those because I'm like, well, you know, I was going to probably be out here anyways. And I run a lot of those races and it's, it's fun too. I just love helping runners. Plus I'm not <laughs> out there running it. So I just get to watch them. Um, and then I'll, yeah, just crew whenever I, Whenever it works out for me, you know, this mm-hmm. year crewing for the Bigfoot 200 was kind of like a last minute thing. I didn't think I'd be able to go, but my girlfriend couldn't find anybody else. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'll make this work. I can come on this day. Worked, <laughs> drove down there, ran, then I don't know, didn't sleep, got all, all our stuff ready. It was rainy. You know, I didn't. When you're crewing, you're not really getting much rest or sleep. Oh, really? Can you can you just explain what kind of what crewing, so, at least in that okay, situation, so is like, like? So crewing for the a 200 mile distance. This is my first time ever crewing for it, so I didn't really know exactly what to expect, but. I'm a pretty organized person, so like I do a lot of research and a bit. joined some Facebook groups <laughs> and like saw what other people did, and uh, so you gotta you gotta be there when your runner comes in, and in that distance it can be you know hours and hours and hours, wow. but you don't you don't know where they're at, so you have to be there and be ready for them kind of at any moment, so you don't really get a whole lot of sleep. I think I got like a couple little like naps. Mm-hmm. And but I was like waking up, making sure she would come in. And then um, when they get there, you have I have a little chair for her all set out. I had her clothes that she might want for the next thing, had her nutrition. Um, I knew what was going to be at the aid station. Like, so we should come and be like, okay, well, they have this here. Do you want that? This mm-hmm. or that? And then she comes in, you give them all the stuff. She takes off gloves, needs new gloves, needs a hat, needs refill on this. It's like, and I took a video of it at the end after she left. I was like, okay, so now this is what it's like after they leave. Everything's, like, everything's a mess. There's like half eaten bowl soup over here. Um, there's gloves over here, wet clothes everywhere. And so then, because everything got wet because it was so rainy. So then I'm trying to pack all that stuff up, keep it organized so I know where, where's what when for the next aid station and on the way to the next aid station um i've got all her wet clothes <laughs> in the car with the heat blasted on like full to just to try oh, and, wow. to try and dry you're them. The so clothes. you're drying you're drying the stinky running clothes yes. you're in the car and then trying to find the next um where the next exchange aid station is where you're meeting her and there's no service out there so Thankfully, I downloaded a 
an app that has GPS on it so you can put coordinates in there oh, yeah. and you're no service since you have the coordinates so you're just driving around these back roads and no service um, and then you get to the next aid station do the same thing get oh. there be prepared ready have all the stuff I remember like wheeling the cooler like <laughs> down the road to this spot and then I was like oh now it's gonna start raining so I wheel it back to the truck and like wait in there and I don't know I don't think everybody cruised that way mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't know I like to be super organized once she came in and was just mm-hmm. super was just ready so yeah I almost think I don't know sometimes the crew has it harder than the runner because mm-hmm. the runner's out there they're moving the whole time they're focused on something the crew is you know it can be it can be pretty exhausting because you don't get a break and also I think ultra running can be kind of a selfish it kind of, it's kind of a selfish sport mm-hmm. and um because it's all focused on you. And so I think you as the crew too need to understand that this person, they're trying to do something really, really hard. Renter miles or hundred miles or fifth, what, whatever distance it is for the person, it's going to be really hard for them. And to understand that they might not be the nicest to you or they might come off mm. as being rude or mean, but it's probably because they're just, they haven't slept. They're tired. They're pushing their body to the max. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be able to develop a kind of a thick skin or just, Again, just that understanding of where mm-hmm. they're coming from. Because mm-hmm. I think if you're not used to it, you might, you could easily get offended. But you just have to like take a breath, and be like, okay, they just ran like I don't know, a hundred miles, and they've only slept for I don't know five minutes or mm-hmm. something. I'm like, okay, yeah, they they get to be that way, and that's, I'm here to help them, and then. Um, in return, you know, either they come and help me at a race or they don't. I don't, I don't care. I just uh, like, yeah. I just like being out there. And that that dynamic is just, is just beautiful because like, I just try to imagine all different kinds of ways in which you willfully would put yourself in a scenario that you're, you have to, you have this friend and you go, uh, you sacrifice your time and then they're perhaps snarky or like having a hard time and you, you're in this, it's obvious, right? Like, just like you said, like clear as day for me personally, maybe it's my personality, but it'd be hard to take offense because it's like you are doing a very hard thing, right? Of course. And it's, it's easy to learn that lesson in that context. Whereas, you know, in traffic, right. Or your interpersonal relationships where it's just like chill zone all the time. Um, I think that's a lot harder to, to Mm -hmm. learn that. And, and when would you ever volunteer to be in that situation? Cause you going into it, I mean, running races in the past, right. You probably know what to expect. Like, Oh, this person's going through, going to go through hell at some point in time. And so this isn't necessarily going to be like, I'm not getting, um, my, uh, my nails done or my, my beard waxed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to be hard and it's going to be even harder for them. And they're going to need a lot out of me. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I think that's really incredible because I don't even think like maybe my family's different um, or even families that, that I've you know known outside of mine, but I don't even think my family works that way unless like someone's like terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I don't think I would ever put myself in a context with my family like that, like doing like just the holiday stuff and, you know, watching movies or something like that. Nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. like I never get in that situation to where it's like, you're having a really tough time, but I'm going to help you. And I understand. And I'm just having to redirect all this energy and accept mm-hmm. it for what it is, you know, mm-hmm. cause I've seen people getting like, even the, the place that I work with, with emotionally and behaviorally delayed children, like it's, I see adults who aren't in that situation taking care of them and they can't separate that even. It's like a 
their and all their lifestyle and all these things are like making it to where they're a very aggressive person, but you're taking this very personally, right? Mm-hmm. And like you you don't see outside of that, but you're doing something once again voluntary volun- mm-hmm. voluntarily. voluntarily. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it yeah it's it's kind of been helpful, I guess, in just life in general by doing this and volunteering my time and not learning not to take those kind of things personally. You said you're stuck in traffic trying to learn not to take it pers- personally. And that's, like, that, that's tough for me and it's been tough for me. And uh, It's not tough life. for you. You were just talking about <laughs> compassion in, in grade school. No, it's okay, I know. Yes, okay. Yes, but there, there are those times where, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough, but it's, yeah, I think it's been very, very helpful <laughs> to... Again, just thinking where other people come from. I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that helps me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because, like, in my experience, and you know, other sports, um, you don't see this relationship with like volunteering and competing, mm-hmm. right? There's like a subsect of people or a subgroup of people who like volunteer, you know, the diehards, or maybe mm-hmm. the people who wouldn't want to compete as much but volunteer more. And of course, you probably find that in ultra run, and you find that in like marathons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like, it seems like it's a little more. I meet a lot of people who volunteer and run mm-hmm. or you know whether it's like at the with the organiz- race organization or uh, our crewing like mm-hmm. and I even read books right and like um, about similar experiences um, with people who, who are like you know running doing high circuits for ultra running right, mm-hmm. right. Um, it's just like this almost like this familial environment and it's, te- it's not a team environment really because I mean you're not yeah, trying to get points so yeah. it's, just a, it's just a great community that's, mm-hmm. and that's what it is the trail running community is just it's it's amazing it's awesome and we're all I, I don't know I feel like we all kind of understand each other because who's crazy enough to go out there and run mm. 100 250 miles um out in the woods out in the woods yeah. and maybe you know it is just to uh, when you're in the woods you don't have service and you, you just get that connection with people and I think even though we're so connected in this world this day with phones and everything but we're connected that way but not like genuine yeah. human connection and I feel like you get that at those races you see people you know at their core at their worst and um, and you just I, yeah I connect more with people you know when they they find that from my understanding it was usually in like in, in groups of like men you know, historically in hunting contexts mm-hmm. um it's mainly it was because i was when i was a kid i worked in a restaurant and i was like 15 and all the other dudes were like 35 and they like um they'd take my day shoes and they'd put it in a bag and they'd zip the bag double bag it and then they'd put it in water and then they would freeze it in the freezer and tell me that I don't know where your shoes are and like little brother and then like I'd cry at the time because I was young and mm-hmm. just going through some stuff and I would talk to like my school counselor about it right and she'd tell me she explained to me that they they'd found that um, teasing right and I'd extend it further beyond like just like that kind of yeah. environment like just men and women right but mm-hmm. like teasing um, is a, was a way for them to be able to test 
um, how far they could push you mm-hmm. and then how you'd respond so that in the face of danger, you could be either trustworthy or not trustworthy. Uh, so if you see a bear, are you going to like run away? Are you going to freak out and push everyone out of the way? Or are you going to be there? Mm-hmm. Like, are you emotionally reliable? Yeah. And like, once again, I just think in like day to day life or even just, you know, on social media, you don't you're not put in those situations right and you're not obviously teasing each other on like the trails but you're putting yourself in these extreme situations and seeing how one another handles it Mm -hmm. and it feels very real like I mean it's as close as you can get it's pretty close anyways to like being out in the woods and being entirely self-reliant and being at like surviving basically mm-hmm. right like it's right. how you emulate it and when you guys are out there together even if you're you're running your own race right you're there together you're doing this you know mm-hmm. this this event where you're trying to survive but i got a question like for people that you know who are like the, like the top five percent of the top 10% in terms of competitors in your experience is it the same for them and when you're preparing for like a race you're really trying to get you know in the top three is it the same for you uh, the, sa- the like the same like how camaraderie and the same kind of like situation uh-huh. where it's like joyous and you're you're holding joy and the yeah. pleasure of the experience right and being with everyone like is that on your mind is that your your highest aim mm-hmm. or does that have to get pushed down pretty far so that you can be really mm-hmm. competitive and you know beat that time okay. uh, I, I feel like generally in trail running like the top three people or the people on top are generally like really easy to talk to mm-hmm. super humble mm-hmm. um, so like the joy and the, the competitiveness joy, are not conflicting they're together they're kind of understand each other too like I have my good friend Angela who like I feel like we're always like kind of close together in races and this last race I was running with her I don't know, a while back, chopping at 50K. And I remember, like, seeing her climbing up this fragrance, like, trail. And I saw her up there. I'm like, gosh, darn it. There she goes. Like, working. <laughs> I want I want, I want, to beat her, but, like, I'm at the same time, like, oh, good job, Angela. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. And then, you know, then I got came to a downhill part, and I love the downhill. And then I got, I passed her, like, at the bottom. She's like, oh. She, I remember she told me, she's like, oh, darn, Alicia. Like, I knew you were going to get me on this. But she's like, good job, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... We're competitive with each other. We want to beat each other, but we also know our strengths. And if I beat her or she beats me, we're still going to be happy for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't, for me, it doesn't really get in the way. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm a very competitive person and I want, and I want to win and I want to beat the other women. I want to beat Angela, but if she beats me, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know. I also, I ran, what did I run? Squamish 50, 50 a couple years ago. And Courtney DeWalter, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. She was at that race. She ran the 50 mile race. And at the finish line, she was just sitting there hanging out with her big check. Cause she broke the course record. So she got a mm-hmm. check. And I remember just, I was like, Oh, I'll go, I'll go say something to her. Like, oh, you know, hey, good job out there. Congrats on winning. And she looks at me, she's like, oh, well, good job to you too. She's like, oh, oh, I see you're you're doing like the 50-50. Like, that's even way more badass than what I did. And I was like, really? Courtney Walsh is more badass than her? Because she's she's a pretty amazing yeah. woman and runner. And um, 
so just that someone at that elite status is just so easy approachable Mm -hmm. talk to you and just just yeah wants everybody to have a good time and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know do you how do you feel about Jeremy like well I can't really speak for the elites but I I know Candice Burt and Mm -hmm. and and I know I know of Brian Davidson and Mm -hmm. like these are very down-to-earth people and great race directors and and I can't I don't know what strives them to do better. I can hear mm-hmm. them retell their stories, but I don't really know what's inside them. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to the f- seeing them at the finish lines, they're they're just everyday people like mm-hmm. Courtney saying, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing great. Thanks for being here. I'm glad to see you persevered. Mm-hmm. But for myself, it changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm there to beat myself that day. Okay. I may have done that race before. I may have been on that trail before. I may have mm-hmm. not, but I'm just trying to get the best out of myself. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of, did that come like, is an organic like did you have to get there through some very severe like trials and tribulations yes. or for you was that pretty easy for you to come to that realization my dad um still one of my biggest heroes but mm-hmm. i remember him racing when i was young and oh, wow. so i did my first 5k as 12 year old and didn't really think much of it. I've always been an athlete, so running's fun for me. But after I went through my divorce, my, you know, I went to counseling, and my my counselor's like, "Chair, what makes you happy?" And I said, "Being outside, mm-hmm. being in the trees, being on the trails, running, playing ball." And he's like, "Go make yourself happy." Mm-hmm. So ever since then, that that session in therapy, like running on the trails, whether it's with my friends or not, by myself. If I'm in the gym playing volleyball, if I'm working out, lifting weights, it's my therapy. That's me being happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there to be a better version of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I'll see friends and people I don't know, and uh, sometimes I want to crush them. But that's <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. That's not yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. It's nothing in spite. They're just the body moving, and I want to see if I can make myself become fatter, mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. better, stronger by passing them. Yeah. Yeah. So they, nothing against them personally. Yeah. They're just a marker. Oh, that's cool. Push you to be yeah. better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. It's I had trouble when I was doing like some the supported runs. Orcus was a big one where it's like, oh, there's people passing me. Mm-hmm. And then all of the, the, the gymnastics that go along with that for me where it's like, oh, wait a minute. Where am I at with my cutoffs? Wait. Am I going too slow? Am I going to be like dead fucking last? And it's like at the time I didn't really put much time in my training mm-hmm. to think about what that would mean to me and then develop that why. And of I was course. like, well, fuck, well, why am I doing this? And, <laughs> and it just went off on all these tangents. I was completely in my head and, and I've realized just over time myself, like, you, you know, when I was going into the, the attempt on the Bigfoot hundred, yeah. um, I realized that my why wasn't, wasn't the top three and that wasn't a way for me to measure my success. Yeah. It, it was how, how well am I enjoying like, you know, spending time out in the woods? How, how efficiently can I move in, in like in a wild and free and playful manner? Right. Like mm-hmm. when I go downhill, can I hoot and holler, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when I, when I go like uphill, right, you know, just, just try to get a smile and try to not, when I feel the burn, I'm not like, oh, you're slow. Look at all these people passing you. Go harder and then burn myself yeah. out. It's like, yeah. oh, this is the pace that I like to go uphill. I can't wait for the downhill. <laughs> right. Pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest check for that race is you don't know if they're racing the marathon or if they're racing the half marathon because mm-hmm. you're doing the 50. So, yeah, yeah. of course, you really have to just focus on yourself. And I think that's, like, yeah. that's when you do your best. When you just mm-hmm. focus on you and nobody else, it, even... 
I've heard other podcasts and elite runners talk about they run their best races when they focus on themselves. They don't think about the other person. Like, well, you know, I can only do what I can control. They're, that other person's going to do whatever they want to do. They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I can only be as good as I am today at, at this moment, this time. And there's so many variables that can change when you get into ultra distances. Like, one little thing can go wrong. It can be the nutrition. It can be the weather. You could twist an ankle or so many little things can go wrong but, mm-hmm. and you can't control it so I think it's a good lesson in learning how to just accept where you're at and being fully in the present exactly. as well mm-hmm. you know it, force, it forces you to be in the present you don't really have a choice so yeah. you kind of have to mm-hmm. just learn to accept it mm-hmm. and then you develop coping skills from there and it's you like do. experiential yeah. learning right yeah. of course you get the thing with like with you know my son is I have all these things that I want to teach him and you know saying them first of all for a little kid to conceptualize them I find that they can understand things through doing much earlier than they can understand things through hearing mm-hmm. maybe we can I can never understand things through hearing because I'm still trying but <laughs> <What's that>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um but but to have you know those experiences are awesome and I often think of how to expose my son to those in a you know voluntary fashion of course and that's where it's fun trying to do like oh no oh no the ground we're doing like (laughs) (laughs) hiking and stuff because it's a similar situation it's like he volunteered to be out there and we had we're having fun but there are moments where it's like he is not having a good time and I have to be able to support him through that and like you know we chose to be out here I understand that you're upset I'll give you distance if that's what you need or I'll be with you if that's what you I'm basically crewing for him yeah actually yeah you are yeah perfect (laughs) and then I'm like you can do this it'll be completely fine and like you know whether it's like a two and a half miles or if it's a 10 mile day right and in those experiences do so much more than what I can you know tell him and or even tell myself where it's like you should do the dishes it's like these principles you gotta integrate it with mm-hmm. inside of me and like it's cool to have those adventures because I can look back at them like I've thought about my races and my my climbs like a lot and and that's what I use to to push me and drive me with a smile on my face mm-hmm. you know yeah and yeah it's fun yeah yeah and what drove you guys to do the this hundred miler that's coming up in one week and yeah. probably one hour now? One week and one 47 hour. Minutes. 47 minutes. Okay, we're getting exact here. <laughs> Sorry. How uh, many seconds? Well, so I, I told you that I attempted the TNOA hundred mile uh, this year. Uh, yeah, what's that? just over a month ago and it was it was going great it was awesome I was having a great day feeling good my pacers were even like oh my gosh am I going to be able to keep up with Alicia right. I was like oh yeah, yes you will because I'll be super tired but I, I was just having a really great day nothing was going wrong I mean I was tired but I was just having a blast and then um, what was it mile 50 something is when I picked up my first pacer who was my boyfriend Gavin and so I went and did this loop and they were kind of come back and I was going to pick up my second pacer so we got to do this loop and we did it pretty slow because I was kind of feeling a little tired and I knew the course is an out and back from that so mm-hmm. I knew what I had to go back up in the night and I was like ooh okay I need to like save myself and take it kind of easy on this area and as we're out there running 
we see it was, it was kind of it was a warm night mm-hmm. and then that's when the sun set and we're up on top of these mountains in uh Tianoi area Cleelum mm-hmm. area of Ronson. yeah just east of Seattle on the yeah, east side east, of the Cascades yeah, yeah. east side of Cascades and um so we're up there and like way off in the distance we see like all this lightning mm-hmm. um I don't hear any thunder, so I'm like, oh, you know, it's just it's just gonna pass by us, like mm-hmm. whatever. So not a worry, like it's gonna be thunder and lightning. I was prepared for anything. Just like, okay, even if it rains, whatever, you know, I'm okay with that. So we come back down to the aid station, and it even hit me like there's a lot of people at that aid station. It was so packed. It was so packed, but yeah. But I I didn't even think twice of it. So I was like, oh, cool. I get to pick up Sabrina, my my other pacer, and I'm going to run at night. And we're probably going to wear our matching sparkly pants because we both have some pants. Yes. And um, so then I get in there, and then I go sit down, and I'm getting my water and stuff. And I don't know who it was. It was Jeremy or... um, Julie, Julie was also there pacing and crewing. Someone came up to me and they're like, okay, so they're holding all the runners here. It's like, what? Like, this was mile 60. I was at 62 miles into the race and mm-hmm. like 10 p.m. maybe. So it's dark. Like, they're holding runners here because there's chance of like lightning and thunder and flash floods. So they're just going to wait. They're going to wait and see what the weather does. Oh. So they're holding all the runners here and then what they'll do is they'll just let the runners off and they timed you when you came into the aid station. So they were just mm-hmm. going to add that, you know, to the time that you finished. So I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great because I'll, I'll get like even a longer rest and just going to hang out here until, you know, maybe 15 minutes or so and then we'll get to go. I didn't even think that there was a chance that we wouldn't get a go. And so then I'm sitting there and I don't know how long after I'm sitting there, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Again, I don't know. Was it you that came up and told me? It yeah. was me, yeah. Okay. And then Jeremy came up and was like, oh, so they did decide to cancel the race at this cool. point. They made the decision, the race director made the decision because it was, the storm was going to be coming in. I don't know if you were here when we had that crazy lightning and thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. It was that lightning and thunderstorm. Wow. That, like, but on the mountains, yeah. not, not mountains. here. <laughs> so it was the right decision to cancel the race. It was really hard when they decided to cancel it because at that time it wasn't raining. It wasn't lightning. It's gorgeous. And it was be- it was beautiful night. And I was like, I was just on top of the mountains. Like the lightning was far away. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I think at that point too, it was, I was just kind of tired and I, I was like, well, okay, that's just, that's just it. I can't, I can't change it. I was sad. I was, I don't know. I was maybe just in a little bit of shock too. I was tired. I was prepared to go 40 more miles. And then all of a sudden just to like stop, I guess I've never had a DNF before from a race. I I have never had, did not finish. Um, I've always completed every race. So this was, yeah, it was a new experience. It was a little different. I wasn't prepared for this. I was like made prepared for DNF if I had to drop myself, but this was, mm-hmm. I couldn't control it. I was having a good day. Mm-hmm. So then to have the race just canceled and it's like, okay, we got in the car and drove back to the house and I went to sleep in the bed. And then I woke up and it was just the next day. And like, it was almost yeah. like having like no closure, mm. like, you know, we just stopped and that was, that was it. So 
it's, uh, yeah. Especially when you're like, oh, I have to, when you don't have like takeaways where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, I wasn't able to do it because I got to work on this. Or, yeah. It was like, everything was just going good. And so that next day was like, it was a good day because I took the Monday off work. And so we just hung out. We were staying at this great house on a river. And I think I slept a little bit, watched the office. We <laughs> threw rocks into a cup and saw if we could make it. Yeah. We did that for like, that sounds like I don't know. Fun. An hour or something. Simple yet challenging. It was great. Yeah, yes. we were just sitting out there. And so it was like a good day, and I had some time to just kind of reflect. And I don't know who said it, but on the way driving home, I don't even know how it came up. How did it come? Do you know how it came up talking about this? We're doing this, uh, the 100 mile race around the yeah. cabin. Yeah, I wanted to do Gretchen's race. And then it turns out that was Sabrina's husband's surprise birthday party for Tanner. Oh, yeah. So we're like, oh, we can't do the 100 miler I've had. And because we're busy that weekend, mm-hmm. what if we just did it ourselves? Mm-hmm. Oh. Can we just do that? Right. Would you be interested? You put in yeah. a lot of time and training and efforts yeah. <laughs> just to have this opportunity taken away from you by nature. Mm-hmm. So. Do we, yeah. are you game? Right. And so, and, I, and at first I was <laughs> like, right? At first yeah. I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Cause I was super excited about Tianoi. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know. I wasn't super excited about doing loops around padding. Cause I don't really like doing loops, but then I kind of thought about it and I was like, oh, but you know what? I could use this as a, like a fundraiser for Evelyn, the little mm-hmm. girl that I run for as a fundraiser to raise money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. I do a stair climb every year for November. Ooh, so I raise, wow. so I raise money for that. And so I'm like, well, maybe this could be like this event that I do for her to raise money for uh, the Cystic Fibrosis Fibrosis Foundation in honor of her. Plus, she was per- super disappointed that I didn't get to finish the race either because we were talking oh, on. She's not the only one. <laughs> no, she's, oh, she's very competitive. Little girl too, really? super competitive. Yeah, and uh, awesome. we were communicating during the race too on my Garmin InReach Mini. So I told, I gave her my oh, wow. link to that, and so she was like, she'd send me messages. So that was like, I get to the aid station, check my message. I was like, good job, I'm watching you because she can like see where I'm at on wow. my like, spot tracker. And so I'd send her a message like, doing good, or I'd have my boyfriend message her. Mm-hmm. So, and then I texted them the next morning, like, yeah, I didn't get a finish. And her mom texted me, she's like, Evelyn's definitely like pretty ups- or bummed, like, yeah. you didn't get a finish. She's like, she just doesn't understand why. She's like, why didn't they just wait till the lightning and thunder finished and then just put you on the course and let you, then let you run? And she's like, why didn't you get, like, why don't they just give you your finisher belt buckle? You were in like third place. Why don't they give you a third place medal yeah. when you, you know, when you were, where they stopped you? Mm-hmm. Um, so she was, she was sad about that. Oh. So it's like, you know, this could be good honor in this hundred mile for her. Maybe, I don't know, make my own little belt buckle or something to oh, send her cool. for the race or some little yeah. thing to like send her and be like, here, I did the hundred mile for you. So I just got super excited about it. I'm like, all right, let's let's do this personal hundred mile race. <laughs> yeah. um, wow! It makes it easy logistically for people to come out and support too, or run, walk a lap with me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so that's going to be on next next week. The was it Friday the twenty fifth is when we'll start at, in the evening. Mm-hmm. So I just keep telling my friends, I'm like, why don't you just come? Like we're going to be going around Patton at six a.m. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you just come to Patton anytime Saturday from six a.m. to who knows when ten p.m. or so, mm-hmm. we'll be there running a lap. Yep. So yeah. I said, just just come run a lap. You don't even have to run a lap. Just cheer me on, say something, tell me a joke to keep mm-hmm. me to keep me going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it'd be, it'll be fun to have all of our friends and supporters and people there. Plus, easy crew for our family. Oh, yeah. They just get to stay in one spot and <laughs> yell at us. <laughs> Ring the cowbell <laughs> yeah. to keep going. Um, keep the stoke alive. Make cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. Especially with the smell of cheeseburgers as we're coming <laughs> yeah. in. Like, Probably. Yeah. Get a yeah. fan, just blow the smell down. Across, across the lake, across, across the lake, lake. Patton. <laughs> oh, I just got to get to that cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I love red vines. Licorice. Oh. Oh, yeah. I think even, like, at Tianaway, Julie, she was going to pace me for the inn, and she had, like, a treat to, like... Oh, yeah. It was a oh, candy yeah. bar she had, oh. like, got specially for me. She's like, I'm going to mm. hold this in front of you so you can just keep going. Like, Come on, Alicia. Like, oh, the chocolate bar with gummy bears. Yeah, chocolate yeah. bar yeah. with gummy bears. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds good. Wait, um, chocolate bar in, like at the, the same gummy bears time. In gummy bears are Ooh, in that's the what I'm talking about. Trader Joe's. Yeah, Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Dang. Yeah, I'm to have to go stock up now. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you come up next weekend, yes. you're more than welcome to stop at Trader Joe's. That sounds good. I'll have some. <laughs> gummy yeah. Bring, bears bring, bring, bring so I can just keep running. <laughs> I'll have like the little like the, the stick with the string on the end yes. of it. Yes. Yes. Come on, Alicia. Yes, that's that's all I that's all I need. Or just good stories too. Yes. I I don't know, my boyfriend's a good storyteller. He's paced me at the end of some races oh, for like really? an hour and he just he told me stories about his dog that he grew up with for an hour. Wow. I'm like, I'm not gonna talk, but just keep telling stories. Oh, so, that's so cool. Stories are really terrible jokes. Yeah. So if you wanna come hang out, just think of a story or a bad joke or something. I probably won't respond. But <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it will be like. Okay. Are you gonna sleep at all? Like, are you guys gonna mm-hmm. naps? No. I, you know, I don't know. My plan's probably not. not oh yeah, to sleep, I want to be there right in the morning. Yeah, so it'll be nice because it's not it's not a race. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can kind of cool. do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I kind of right. I kind of don't want to sleep. Yeah. Um, just to experience that. Yeah, I want to talk to you when you're like that. That'd be fun. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. people like hallucinate when uh-huh. they're sleep deprived, and I've never had that. Well, I don't know. Maybe I was kind of starting to see a little bit of things that Tina would, but because I didn't get very much sleep the night before, but not mm-hmm. really much. I was so excited for the nighttime to like of course. see mm-hmm. something yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't do drugs, so yeah. this is my only way I'll get to like, hallucinate. And having you telling stories and just listening to people, or you can like the biggest thing for me is that I can tell jokes and people will laugh. Mm-hmm. So when you're delirious, like you just won't know what's going on. Exactly, it'll be, it'll be funny. Yes, yeah, funny yes. no matter what. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, tell your worst jokes <laughs> when people are delirious because they'll probably laugh. They won't know what they're laughing at. Yeah. Uh, no, or I'll laugh for sure because I really love really bad jokes. Yeah. Like stupid, funny jokes. So does my son. <laughs> like Laffy Taffy jokes. Remember those jokes? Wait, what? You ever eat Laffy Taffy, the candy? I have. I don't jokes remember jokes. There's, like there's, there's yeah. jokes on the little Laffy Taffy. That's so much better than Snapple's facts. <laughs> 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 well, I guess you will learn fast, but yeah, wow, laugh. Yes. They're, oh yeah, they're great. Wow. Yeah. My, cool. my favorite one was, or a couple of them. What does the moon do when he needs a haircut? <laughs> Eclipse it. <laughs> you know, that, that was the kind of jokes that yeah. you get. It's so. like, like, uh, what do you call an alligator in a vest? Oh, I don't know. An investigator. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I heard that? That's good. Oh, I like it. Okay. Awesome. So save up some of those for next week. My son's got a bunch of them. Yes. I'm like, have him come or write them down. Just tell him to me. Yeah, every time I come around, you laugh. Like, you're like, okay, get a new joke. Okay, new joke. I'll get me. Ooh, what's he going to say this time? Am I going to know that one? What's next? What's next? Oh, man. That would kill me. That's all I need. And so you said that your loop's going to be challenging for you, right? Cause uh, yeah, because I, I don't like running loops. I used to, like, I generally hate running around, like, padded mm-hmm. because I can see, like, how far I have to go. And it's a 2.6-mile loop. And when I get to one side and I look across the lake, I'm like... <laughs> That's only like a mile and a half away, but it looks really, really far. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be definitely a mental mm-hmm. test because Tianoi was, it was an out and back, but again, you were doing different times of the day and like there's constant terrain, like different terrains, rocks, roots, you're in the woods, yeah. you're exposed, you're up high, you're down, you're climbing, padding. It's got a wooded section, a section that's not wooded. There's like two little hills in it, mm-hmm. so it's got some variety. But yeah, it'll be tough. Mm-hmm. Most loops those hills ever. will become mountains at some point, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they'll yeah, definitely because yeah. they're hard sometimes when I run there, anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll be. I don't know how you feel about the loops. Too. Yeah, I love Padden. It, yeah. It's it's a home away from home. Uh, when I first got divorced, it was pretty close to where I was living. Ooh, so I, history I've, in there. I've yeah, some struggle miles there and. Recently, I did a race there with my son in the stroller, four laps. Oh, so I was what? like, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. And, and I, we did it solo, I guess, mm-hmm. because we, he w- wasn't allowed to sign him up. Yeah. Oh. So he beat me anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's right for the whole time. But yeah, but you're, our friend Angela, she was on a team with Julie and two other ladies. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, let's see if I can beat Angela. Even mm-hmm. though she's the anchor and they're part of a team, it's mm-hmm. like, can I get a big enough lead mm-hmm. to push myself? Because I'm not racing them. I'm in my head. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to beat Angela. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to beat Angela. <laughs> yeah. She's just a, a great spirit who knows how to bring out the best in herself oh, and others. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's nothing against her. Mm-hmm. It's because of her. Mm-hmm. It, it's like uh, in Japanese, it's like juto koi. It's like mutual benefit and assurance. And uh-huh. if you write like that, whatever she inspires within you guys, um, it's to her service in the end. Right, of course. to yours as well, because mm-hmm. the faster you run and the faster you try to run, right, the faster she's gonna run, right? And yeah. it's just gonna and it's gonna build off of one another, yeah, because you can't push yourself like someone else can push you, right? Yeah, and especially yes. when they're trying your best and you're trying your best. Oh, yeah. Like, you get that in jujitsu all the time, it's 
Like, I never want to hurt you. I want to be competitive to a level that we can walk away better, yeah. both of us. And if I do that, then it's going to reward me ultimately. And, and when you are like a, a brown belt or you're running like ultras and mm-hmm. someone comes in who's looking to start 5Ks, right? Like the, there's a, a trap where you could like, let's say it's a trap for, for a lot, you know, to each their own. But like you'd scoff at them and be like, well, I've got all of these things to think about. I'm way up here. You're down there. You, you figure it out once you catch up, you know. Right. Um, but like there's times to where what you would what you would teach like the, the new person to jujitsu or the new runner. Right. You would learn a lot, um, you know, even if it's just learning what you already know, but solidifying those principles. And then they would learn a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether or not they're at your level or below you or above your level. Right. right then there's always something there and for the community and for your own self, you know, of course. and that's where like that competitiveness, like I had a hard time dealing with some people in my life because they were so dominant and they wanted to like dominate people. Like I am the winner and I am good and I did this. And it's like, for me, my modus operandi has always been like, I want to belong. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I belong, um, that makes me feel really good. Um, and I do that at the sacrifice to my own, um, my own skills and talents. Right. Like I wouldn't maybe not try as hard, but as I've done these things, I've learned that, Oh no, me doing my best, even if I'm directly competing against you is me helping you do your best. Mm -hmm. And I should rejoice. We should all rejoice in trying our hardest for our own means. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course. And, and it's not, and it helped me not be so self-defeating. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. And that's what like people, on the outside, um, mainly really like martial arts because it's like, you know, this like violence thing um, would see it as like these people are trying to pummel the other person into the dirt and they want to be the victor and they don't care. While there's some people like that, the majority is a lot of what you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. Like the majority of just competition. You get to a point for most people, not all people get there, um, where you, where you learn like that, that, um, that love for one another and separating your relationship and competition. Mm -hmm. And like, I've seen people though, go well into a discipline, not doing that, but the majority of people seem to hold it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that too. I think, you know, in any sport or whatever, thing you enjoy there's always going to be maybe the people that are not in it or I don't know that are at the top and just focusing on competing and want to bring other people down or you know maybe give it a bad name or but like you said the majority of people they're in it for that community and building each other building each other up yeah they're trying to like you said make each other better they're trying to better themselves and in turn bettering you and just yeah that whole sense of again of just that camaraderie that community we're all in in this together we're all we're all humans and you know we shouldn't be experiencing joy when we're doing this why why are we out here doing this if it's just if it's just to win I mean yeah you want to win but if you're just winning and not happy or not having fun, then what's what's the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do it. And there was like a my son was doing a jujitsu tournament, and it, and she, this experience like really highlighted it because he's seven and this girl was like eight, and she was this doesn't normally happen, but she's like, I'm gonna make you cry. Yes. And my son was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Go 
Match. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> She's just like, I'm going to break your bones. And then, like, oh the dad's like, stop, stop. <laughs> and, and like, my son was like, what? And then you go, she wins the match, and, you know, and, and then um, then she goes on and does another match, and I'm volunteering, so I'm helping them out, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that this was really, like, going on at the time, and she comes back, and I'm like, I didn't even know she was competing against my son, just because I found out volunteering and then trying to be there for my son is a little challenging. Yeah. Conflict sometimes. It's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I get back there, and I'm like, well, how'd you do? She's like, good. I'm like, high five. And then she's like, I made a boy cry and I'm like oh <laughs> I hit my hand quick and the dad was like don't high five her <laughs> and oh, I'm man. like oh wow yeah huh. and my okay. son and I talked about it and like he, he's he's cool in the sense that like reminds me of you Jeremy because like I see it in you and how you talk about things like it it seems to be like like a default mode where you're, you're pretty chill right you're really you're laid back at this point in my life yeah, yes uh, yeah so I'm yeah. wondering about if it's at this point or if you've you know, you've always been somewhat chill. I've been high strung. Oh, really? When competing, okay, see, yes. I was a little presumptive there. Cause like my son, <laughs> he's, he's different. It's like, how, how, how do you feel about doing this jujitsu match? Well, I don't know. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, there's like oh, 80 wow. people watching you, man. He's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, okay, you can talk to me. He's like, no, nah, I'm not nervous. And then um, he goes up and he'll do the jujitsu match. Most of the time he'll like lose or draw. Um, and then he'll come away. But when he loses or draws, never shed a tear. I'm like, how'd it go? He's like, messed up, but huh, I'll figure it out. Or like, it's nice. okay. That's and I'm awesome. like, do you like to do this? That's and wise. he's like, yeah, I like to do this. This is fun. Dad, I don't want to do it again. I'm like, huh. And his his crux or his challenge, right, is like the aggressiveness, not in the sense of competing, but mm-hmm. when he's out there, you're feeling discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then to, I think that girl who's like has that like those feelings inside of her, it makes her easy when she's uncomfortable. So I'm gonna crush him mm-hmm. and like yeah. just just plow <laughs> through it. And when my son sees that, he has less motivation for better and for worse to yeah. go through that. But luckily for him is that social thing because, like, we help each other, right? So Mm -hmm. people are going to be more likely to help him with technique or with, like, just be more, you know, aggressive or pushing through that discomfort. Whereas, like, her crux or her challenging aspect is to learn the social thing. And the thing that kind of... I don't like feel bad about because it it's life, right? Yeah. That's that's something that she gets to experience. She yeah. gets to she gets the gift of experiencing that, and I don't mean that facetiously. I mean like like if you're high strung, it's not my right to be like, oh no, don't be high strung. It's like, oh, you're gonna be high strung for as long as it takes, right? You know, and uh, you enjoy that process. But like, she's probably not gonna learn her thing until much later on because she's gonna win. She's getting all this positive reinforcement. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. That and bad, yeah. It, yeah, it really does. I want to I want to clarify maybe saying. Yeah. that I was high strung. Yeah. I, I've grown up playing team sports mm-hmm. since uh, seven. And wow. I've lived in an area where all the teams that I happened to be on weren't necessarily good or competitive. So I've learned through a lot of loss. Mm. And then there came a point when I was in a volleyball tournament my junior year playing volleyball at a very high level. I was just sick of losing. So I did everything I could within my level and my strength and my ability 
just dominate this one person mm. who's across the net from me. I didn't know his name. I don't remember him. All I remember is at one point, accidentally, he landed on my foot at one point. Mm-hmm. It's nothing intentional. I never wanted to hurt anybody in that sport. Mm-hmm. But he ended up either spraining or possibly breaking his ankle. Oh. And I was so fired up because my competitor was not able to continue anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh my gosh. And I was like, yes, woo, yeah. let's go. Let's keep it going. Mm-hmm. But I was so wound up oh. wanting to win right there in that moment. They didn't have the ability to be sympathetic and say, oh, I, that guy's hurt. And wow. now he can't even continue a lot alone with this match or this mm-hmm. point for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So I, I've learned a lot from that experience mm-hmm. and just be like, you know what? It's competition. We're all going to lose. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Courtney. And just learn from that and try to be better. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's my learning experience of pure woundness in the negative way to be like, turn that around and say, I need to be more positive. Mm-hmm. That's that priority. Cause I, I exactly. have trouble with that. Even in like training this, like regarding like being social, I, I would argue, like I would lump it in like training. And then also in the, in the heat of competition, like where do you prioritize the social aspect, like caring for others? Mm-hmm. Right. Or even just like you running by and do you keep your head down as you pass the runners? Do you make any remark or do you just oh, run never. by? I don't do that. Yeah. No, you just can't see <laughs> dust in your face. <laughs> while you're at it. No. Take a fart and just run. <laughs> it's always a, a good job. Way to go. Keep it going. I hear that so much in the sport. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. whoa. Like, even the person in front, in like, in Orcus, I have a guy where I'm coming up Mount Constitution. You got to do the loop yeah. around Mount Constitution and go all the way to the top of the cool mm-hmm. towers and come back down. Yep. And like... I have the person who I, I had his number because at that point I was watching numbers because mm-hmm. I was like yeah. going through my head, wait, who's doing marathons? Who's doing the 50? Right. And he was leading the 50 and he did the loop as I was approaching the loop. Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh, I had all these like negative thoughts in my head about myself. And then he's like, hey, good work. And I'm like, oh, that's really <laughs> nice. Wait a minute. What am I doing? I'm just yeah. out here enjoying myself. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Was he a short guy? Yeah, yeah. His boochie probably. That's my guess. Yeah, what, what yeah. Did he, he was doing like duct tape sandals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Shut up, Gucci. I got so cool. Yes, he oh, yeah. is. He's awesome. He finished that race with like a duct tape sandal. Like, yeah. It was yeah. I can't believe. I can't believe finish that. Know, he, ran, he ran the whole loop with like yeah. his sandal not working. <laughs> yeah. He's I'm given so up surprised. now. He's gone back to trail shoes for trail races. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, he was doing so. He was committed to sandals for a while. Oh, oh. for the last several years. I he still does the road races, though. Really? Yeah. Mm. Do you guys ever wear sandals? Uh, no. I have a pair of sandals, but <laughs> I don't race with your sandals. <laughs> I'm kidding. Is my feet really? cold? Yes, I will. Does it matter? <laughs> no, never. Someone corrected it on me, and I'm like, I don't care. That's why I grew the beard. It's right? like I wouldn't trim it or anything. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want to care about how people think of me because I went one extreme than the other. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, I should at least take a little bit of care of myself. I'm a comb it. And then I stick the comb in and it won't move. Just and make I'm sure like, there's oh. no food stuck yeah, in yeah, or anything like that. Exactly. You know, it's not a moldy. dust collector. Like, you flick it and just poof. It's like, mm-mm. It's not good for Prospector. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, that'll be exciting though for the hundred. And yeah. Do you have a time? Like, how does that work? Is you just gonna run till you hit a hundred? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna run until I guess I get to my watch says a hundred, and I don't have any time prediction. I'm like, well, hopefully I can do it in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea because I've never run under miles. So exactly. I don't know. Yeah. And that's a nice thing. It's like, well, start at night. I have all day until Sunday to do it too. I'm mm-hmm. just hoping to finish before Sunday so exactly. I can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I don't, that's okay. It's kind of like a no pressure thing. It's just me fun. I've heard that there are going to be costumes involved. It's going to be close to Halloween. Ooh. Yeah. So I Costume yeah, or something. I've heard some of our crew might be wearing costumes. Multiple costumes. Multiple. We've been awesome. talking about costume changes. Yeah. Ooh, like, right. right. I don't do that. That sounds yeah. like fun. I, yeah. That's another thing. It's just how like how playful it is. Oh in yeah. A sense, it's, right? it's yeah. Just being a kid, mm-hmm. having fun. That, that is I what just it, enjoy. Like that. That's something that that's that's throughout our entire lives, right? Yeah. It's just playing with and like you yeah. letting your kid out. Oh, you essentially. have to. You have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just have a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, this will be fun. Then where can people find out more about um, um, Well, I created, I have a Facebook event mm-hmm. that I created. I don't know the exact link. You can I'll put the link to the show notes in the show notes. There's, there's yeah. a link to the event. And then there's also, I have a Facebook page that is also my fundraiser for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants to donate to that, I have a Facebook fundraiser page. And also... A web page that's connected with the stair climb. All the mm-hmm. money goes towards the stair climb, so you can donate through the Facebook page or the stair climb page. And oh, cool. all, it all goes the same place. And I've talked to some people that don't want to donate through Facebook, so I'm like, let me just donate through this page instead. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think for the race, that event page, I'm going to have. Uh, our crew kind of just update like maybe they'll do some live videos or something just kind of post like what mileage where we're at what time of day and just kind of just post updates throughout the day yeah uh, too I'll probably maybe have my like a tracker on my watch so people can see where I'm at but again mm-hmm. I must be doing loops so yeah, yeah. I don't need to track me that much yeah, yeah, exactly. hopefully hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. I won't yeah. get lost no, out no, there no. I, don't, well, yeah, I don't know you never know I might be, see something here and be like ooh Yeah. Oh, I've cramped up. I can't swim. Yeah. 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 So, no showers in the lake. Yeah, so if you want to come out and support, hang out, meet some awesome people, uh, it'll be a yeah, fun a fun time. And the thing that, for, for me, like, I don't drink anymore, mm-hmm. and it, it's, well, really, I haven't, like, done a party since I was, before my son was born, since I was in, like, high school. Mm-hmm. But, like about comedy and running has replaced that for me in the sense that like it's the closest thing that I remember what a party was like Mm -hmm. right and I love it because it though for me it's over like a shared sense of effort and I don't know why it always has to be over that because when I'm I'm sitting down like if you if you want to go car camping and go sit around a fire if I haven't ran a lot or like um, climbed it's really hard for me to do that Mm -hmm. but um, I've just found that out over time you know and but having like 
like these experiences like it's great to hang out with y'all even when I like volunteer yeah. it meets just so many friends and I just have such a good time you know mm-hmm. so if you guys are around definitely should come by and watch y'all run yeah. around like Patty why don't you come party with us yeah, yeah. bring yes. your costume yes costumes yes and uh, laughy taffy jokes <laughs> yes. really really punny jokes That's... bring your worst dad jokes yes <laughs> awesome alright thank you guys yeah no problem. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. Whoa, I love Jeremy and Alicia's perspective. They're so calm, relaxed, and you can tell they really love adventure. And they've spent a lot of time rambling on some trail. And just in general, when someone spends a lot of time honing some craft, just fascinated by like what their life experience is like, what their values are and their principles. I admire it. And I'm working to get there, you know? If you'd like to donate to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Stair Climb Seattle, uh, you can head over to becominghumanpodcast.com forward slash Evelyn, E-V-E-L-Y-N, or head over to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Stair Climb website, um, which can be found along with Alicia's profile um, in event for the 100-miler around Lake Patton in the show notes as links, or you can go over to becominghumanpodcast.com and check out the write-up on the episode. And I'm going to play you guys out with a song by one of my favorite bands, The Living Arrows, with a song that's quite fitting. <laughs> I'm not my thoughts. Enjoy.
feel so free.